production. You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Darling Darling Shine. There's no K on Darlink. <laughs> I'm Chloe. And I'm Elodie. And today we're going to take the time to really delve into our chumpy and which is Elodie's late partner. We want to talk about not too much actually about the day that it happened because we feel like we've covered that quite a lot, but we want to touch on who he was as a person for all of our new listeners. If you don't already know Elle's story, you can actually go back to one of our episodes in a previous season. We'll leave the episode in the show notes. Um, I think just season one, like I kind of, it's like the reason why we started Darling Shine was a lot of what the fuck has happened, chumps gone, we're grieving and yep. it just dovetailed into like both of our lives and everything. So I think just basically the whole of season one. Yeah, go back to season one, listen from the start and you'll you'll get a really great understanding of what actually happened. Now that we've signed up with Listener, we have a whole new audience that is now listening to Darling Shine and we kind of need to do a bit of a recap on like who Chloe is, who I am, why we're here, what our stories are. Yeah, well, we wanted to start with Elle and Chumpy. So... Do you want to give everyone a really quick recap of actually what happened and why we're here today? I became a widow at 28. The love of my life, Chumpy. I have had to say my story over and over and over and over and over for the past fucking few years. And now that my book's come out, I've had to go over it. I'm like, I'm sick of hearing my own voice. I'm sick of hearing my own story because it's just become this story that I say now rather than sometimes like, I feel like I don't have the space or time, which hopefully I will today, to actually like think in the present and think like about what actually happened and where I am and what's going on. Like like how we used to properly chat and I'd really mm. value like wh- where I am and what's going on because lately it's just like I'm on someone else's podcast or interview thing and I'm getting asked questions and kind of just got to quick, be quick with my answer and know what I want to say. And it just becomes this like robot situation. And so, yeah, I mean like... I've never really thought about it, but I guess my life did get flipped on its head at 28 and it's crazy how much has happened since then. Like life's just gone. It feels like I've been at a standstill for two years, but also a billion trillion things Mm. has has happened. My life's moved so fast since then and often we don't stop to fucking chat, like, but thank God we have the podcast. So, yes, Chump, my late partner, he passed away in July 2020 we were together for nearly eight years. We had our house on the Gold Coast. We had our dog, Rummy. We, we'd been trying for a baby for almost a year. We'd been getting tests done from, like, you know, with our doctor, like just blood tests and things to figure out why I wasn't getting pregnant and maybe start going down that route. The doctor was like, I think you should, by the time New Year's hits, if you haven't still fallen pregnant, let's look into IVF. Like it was literally the next step. Chump was like a really keen athlete. Well, he was a an Olympic snowboarder for Australia he was a border cross rider, which is like basically um, if you picture like motocross, like them flying around a track on a 
motorbike. He did that on a snowboard, like those massive jumps, like you going like 90 kilometers an hour and you're going off like hundred meter jumps and shit. And you've got to go like really fast and you've got to beat the other guys to the finish line. That's what Chump did. And he was like literally the best in Australia, or, but one of the best in the world at it. I mean, he, he won two world titles. He won two world championships back to back. Like, and when I say world titles, that's like, there's 12 competitions all over the world, like all over Europe, Russia, America, like everywhere every year and he would win, his points would be the highest and he'd win the entire world title and he did that a few years in a row. And then, like, he was, like, the best of the best, you could say, in his sport. There was a few other really heavy hitters in his sport and he was up there. And He carried the flag for Australia at the Olympics. He was the, Australia's flag bearer, which I always, so like, crazy. just forget that was even a thing. And I think that's why a lot of people knew Chump, I guess, because was so televised that and he was like the favourite at the time and he didn't go very well that Olympics at all. But, yeah, so many people, I guess that's, I think he became a bit of like a household name around then and, you know, jumpy for gold and all that stuff that year. So I guess when he passed, it did kind of, everyone was like, I guess Australia. Throughout the whole. Yeah. Throughout the whole industry and then obviously anyone that was, had anything to do with sport in Australia really did know him. Yeah, like. Chloe, her, you heard about Chump dying from hearing it on the radio. I hadn't even called you yet. Were you were you in the car and you heard it on the radio or something? Yeah, no, I was. I I actually didn't find out about it until a little bit later on because you texted me and I was out for lunch, but my I wasn't on my phone. My phone was in my friend's baby's pram the whole lunch. Yeah, and I got my phone out before we just as we're paying the bill, and I literally had a text message from you saying Chumpy passed away this morning, and I was like. I literally texted you back saying you're fucking having a laugh. Yeah, because it was a, like a sick joke. It, I thought that you were actually joking and I actually said that and then I called straight away obviously and spoke to your brother. He's just like, nah, this has actually happened. And then that's when I got straight in the car. But And it was on, yeah, it was on the radio in the car. As soon as I got into the car, it was just like, but then my phone started like ringing, ringing, ringing off the hook from like everyone back home in Sydney um, because we were on the Gold Coast, obviously, and they're all like going, ah, have you noticed? I'm like, I literally know fucking nothing. I'm on my way to Elodie now. I will fill you in. I need to compose myself. I cannot speak. Because everyone was obviously like hyperventilating on the phone to me. Mm. But I knew, knew no information because I hadn't spoken to you personally. I'd only spoken to your brother. And yeah, fuck, it was just like an in, the most intense rut drive from, was it that seafood place at Amero Brothers in fucking the most furthest point away that I could have been. It was in like Main Beach. And weirdly. Had to get all the way back to um, where we live and it was just like, wow. So Fisher and Chloe had come over for dinner to have dinner with us the night before at our house. We had like fish tacos. We had a nice night together, just like a wholesome. Chumpy court. Yeah, fish tacos that he'd caught out on the reef that day, like a wholesome family fucking dinner at ours. And then... And it very it didn't happen very often, which like I'm so, I'm so forever grateful that we got to have that because obviously Chumpy with his work and his sport, he was away... All the Excuse time. me. He was away all year round. And then obviously with Paul and his like work, he was always away. So to have both of the boys like in one Literally. spot was like happened once a year and it just yeah. happened to be the night before. And, you know, it's so weird because I was even talking to Paul about it the other day. I think it was yesterday. 
or when I was telling him, I'm just like, I've been going outside and asking Chumpy for help. And he was just like, fuck, I literally cannot believe he's not here. And I'm like, I know it's so weird, isn't it? Like it's been, it's like literally nearly three years and I'm like, what? Like it's so weird. And like everyone is always going on about how much mini our daughter looks so much like Chump, but like particularly the past few days, it's like there's like this chumpy energy around. Everyone's just losing it about. I don't know if it's the way I brush her hair back the last few days. Like her hair's really spiky at the moment. I was like, everyone's like, oh my God, it's so weird. She's just literally Chump. And I had this gardener come to my house the other day and he's like, oh, it's just like this energy around this house. It feels really beautiful. It's so nice. And I literally, and usually I don't just tell randoms this at all. I literally was like, Oh, that's really nice you say that because I do get I do get told that a bit. My partner actually passed away, which is the reason I've got you over here to do the gardening because this is his fucking domain. This thing's gone out of control and I don't want to deal with cutting down the fucking palm. So thank you. And thank you for saying there's a nice energy because, yeah, lots of randoms that come into the house do say that and I, th- I think it's him. I think he's lingering around all the time. And he literally goes, nah, not that chumpy guy. No, I think... I thought that, like, I thought that he goes, oh, oh God, yeah, did I not tell you this? No. Yeah, this is this gardener that I got off fucking air tasker the other day to cut down the bamboo. He, um, like, guessed it and he was like, this is the kid. I feel like I've seen you guys on the news. Hey, look, what? Like, she looks so much like him. What the hell? Like, yeah, and he was just losing it. It was really fucking it's cool. Like, those moments, though, you like... They, they make you, like, yeah. it's nice. It's nice, nice when feeling. a random, especially a bloke, an old bloke who doesn't, you know, he's not woo-woo, he's not, you know, yeah. and he just kind of says something about the energy or the vibe or, you know, he feels someone around. I'm like, I love that. It's not just mm. me who's just, like, hoping he's always around me mm. and us yeah. in the house. Yeah. Um, and I, you touched on before how you've obviously just like completed sort of the book tour and you're on like radio, you're on fucking podcasts, you're on like interviews, magazines, like you name it. And like, you're obviously having to revisit this story Mm. so much. Like I, I take my hat off to you because I don't know how you did it because it's obviously so like triggering for you and like emotional and like, you just, it's basically ripping the band off, bandaid off Mm. every, like, I'm like so protective of you in the sense Mm. that like when you told me all the shit that you were doing, I'm like, how did this get past? Who have you been liaising with? Who the hell is putting you up to all this? Like you should not be doing Like I'm such a like, I just want to like wrap you up and like protect you because I'm such a like a weird boss crazy person. Because I'm not one of those people that like runs around being like, I'm so busy. I'm just like always so fucking tired. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll do that in clothes. Like what have you got on? Like let me see your schedule. And I like, send it to her being like I she probably won't even read it. I fell off my seat when I saw the schedule. But it, well, it's not just about having a busy schedule. It's about having to like actually go into depth of your story. And it's just like mm. for anyone else, it's like without saying sounding harsh, it's just another story. But for you, yeah. it's your life. And, like, I don't – it kind of, like, annoys me a little bit in a sense that, like, it can feel a little bit insensitive to me having to make you go through that 24-7. Oh, it's not the same so, with you. It's no, 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 no. Just people making, like, you yeah. having to, like – look. and I guess that's just what it is when you've written this book and that's what you signed up for. But, like, I was just, like – fuck like I need to I need to protect this per this little this person some way because like it it must be a lot but like looking back on as a reflection of that like everything like how do you feel like 
on an emotional level now thinking about the day that it happened? Like, do you feel like yeah. how, do, how do you just feel as like right now? Um, I still, and I just always say this, I'm so sick of saying it because I'm like surely not, but I still sometimes think I'm in shock and I just like still can't believe it. Like you said, Fisher even was like the other day, I just can't believe he's not here. Like I just still can't believe it. And when I like, I actually saw one of our really close friends the other day. I don't know if I told you, but in Bondi and I ran into him and I hadn't seen him since Chump and I lived on the Northern beaches and he grew up skiing with Chump, like, you know, like a snow bunny friend. And we just hugged and I like was shaking because I was just like, I fucking, it's so weird seeing you. You're literally like one of Chump's brothers and you haven't seen me since and I haven't seen you. And I, it just like so much has happened. Like we both didn't have words and we're both like kind of looking at each other like, fuck. And we both felt it. And like, I think, I just think everyone close to Chump is just like, where is he? This is just so weird that it's actually true. And I just don't think I'll ever believe it. And I think as well, when you see photos of him too, you just like, that's what blows mm. my mind <clears throat> because I, <clears throat> I even went just randomly, I don't even know how I got down this path, but yeah, randomly went into text messages with him the other day and was like oh, reading through our so conversations. Cute. And I'm like, how can someone be here and then not be here? I just don't. Like, <laughs> what it's were the real- texts? <clears throat> oh, we were just having a yarn about buying a boat and shit. And like, it was so <laughs> weird. Like, <laughs> He was always trying to find someone to buy a boat with. I'm like, buy your own we fucking were, we boat. We were nearly going to buy a boat. We were like, yeah, yeah. I was like, fucking oh, send me the links. Like, Chloe me, loves yeah. fishing as well. <laughs> yeah, but I like, I really wanted to take today's episode not in like going back and back on this story because like I said, you, you've made, you've been made to, tell it a million times um but I wanted to more so have this episode as like just a reflection on his life and his accomplishments because I think that that gets like really un like underlooked is that a word like I just don't yeah. feel like you know we've spoken so much about his death but what about his life like Same. there's so much to talk about because he's such a and I just like I even said to Paul the other day he even said he's just like I fucking like really wish that we like we spent more time together. Like I wish that we knew him better and like I wish that we actually got to spend more quality time together because we just never really got to do that. And like he was such a special epic human. But like, Mm. yeah, I just – but I wanted to like talk about and like let's just start from the beginning about like where he grew up. Like what's his – do like can you talk about his upbringing? Yeah, and I think like – in general so true that we're always talking about the day and what happened and where I am now and I am like you said fucking over it lots of people said the best part of Heartstrong the book that I wrote with Ali Pasco who's the ghostwriter um so many people said the best parts of the book were just because we got to learn about Chump and like his upbringing and so his dad wrote a few chapters in the book too which were like literally made the yeah. book shout out Chris and Sal your absolute legends and M Chump's family because that just made the book what it how special it was like for people to get to learn about Chump um so basically he grew up in the country little country kid grew up in Mansfield, which is right, is like the town near Mount Buller, the ski fields in country Melbourne, like Victoria, not Melbourne. Um, His family owned a ski shop there and they literally lived in this little attic above the ski shop and the family ran like the family run the ski shop business. So Trump hated school, like didn't really get along with kids there. He was very different. He wasn't, he's like a super smart kind of kid, but like not overly academic in that he wanted to sit there and learn. He wanted to play music. He wanted to snowboard. He was, he's like really artsy and crafty and so is his sister. 
and they just loved hanging out together. The two of them would go, they had their own band. They would have like, they had a studio in their little attic above the, or like where the ski shop was. And they made heaps of music. They had like, they grew up with this guy called Ziggy who lived in Mansfield as well. And he was like maybe 20 or 30 years older than them. And he was like their drummer and they had this band. They had like numerous names of the band growing up and they made heaps of music, which is actually such a lol. It's all on Spotify now. I got it. We got it. When when I remember when he first passed away, I was like, give me every external hard drive you have. And I was just thinking as well, even with Paul, because he's like, this is a really personal thing. Like hard drives are gnarly. Like imagine, like you don't know what people have got on those things. I remember when I opened it up though, there was like, because I was trying to find all of his music oh, no. because we really just wanted to get his music like um, out there out there, and like put it up on Spotify. I never told you, but I did find a porno of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> now, there were a few My nudes. My mind is literally like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> I don't have them anymore. But there were, no, no. <laughs> No, there wasn't. There was no pornos. There was no pornos, but there were definitely some really cute photos and shit like that on there. And I'm just like, hard drives are gnarly personal. I'm surprised. I mean, you can clearly tell that she wasn't in her right mind. She's like, take them all. Take them all. But we got all these. I can't remember. I was, I honestly, I was trying not to like look just in case something did pop up because you never fucking know. Fuck that's. I don't think funny. Chubby was a dirty boy though, so I don't think he would no, have had any of that shit. No, we actually didn't ever film never... a porno, which oh. which is sad. I haven't filmed one either, so that's <laughs> fucking boring. Wow. Well, <laughs> but... um, no, but he would ha- like. Look, yeah, I that's don't what know. I mean. He like... would probably hate that all him yeah. and his sisters' songs that they fucking did when they were like 14 and shit up We've got on them Spotify. All up there. So if you look up Chumpy and the Sunset of Rooney's on Spotify, there's all his songs from when he was a grommet. And people are like, oh, his music's interesting. I'm like, no, he wrote it like 20 fucking years ago, like him and his sister and Ziggy in this band. Um, but, hey, the songs are fucking beautiful and they're, they're amazing. incredibly talented. Like he was, I think he was born to be a musician. He he was a snowboarder. He has as most a- amazing voice as well. Like if you haven't actually listened to him, definitely look him up on Spotify and like he's uh, – and just the the vocals and the lyrics mm. are just like – I mean, do you want to talk through some of the vocal – like some of the lyrics in some of the songs are so moving and so like wow. Yeah. So some of the songs like – and, yeah, so I literally like at the time I'd be like – I'd call his sister M because I was always listening to – like after he passed away I was finding a lot of – Com- meaning and comfort through listening to his music and it was like I was finding hidden messages which is weird like it's not like he knew he was going to die but I think I was finding like sense in things and so like I'd call her and be like what did this lyric mean like why the fuck would he write that and she was like he he was just so like wise and he always wrote like I'd be like did you write that word or did he write that and she'd be like no he wrote that verse he wrote that like I'm telling you I didn't fucking do this and that and so he in, in like there's so many songs, like honestly every song has a crazy message in it. But like in Space of Mine, it opens up by being like this world's too big for me, all the buildings and the infrastructure, like it, I don't have a place here anymore. Like I want to be free in the bush and the, let the breeze kiss your face when you wake up. And like I'd literally wake up in the morning and like feel a breeze on my, like, you know, yeah, I'd feel yeah. like he was there like kissing my forehead in the morning, like things like that. I'm like, fuck, he like wrote to me about that in a song. Like just shit like that would talk to me. And I was like, did he not want to be here? Like, but he wrote that when he was 14. Mm. He's like, this built up world's not for me. And But the craziest lyric is in Sea Whiskers where he literally writes, 
the the opening to the song, and I had this in the beginning of the eulogy at his service, it says, find me at the bottom of the ocean, find me at the bottom of the sea, find me in the orchid of desire, that's where I'll always be. Like Chump literally was found at the bottom of the ocean that day on the 8th of July 2020. He had a shallow water blackout when he was spearfishing. He was catching us dinner that night and he um, he passed out under the water and he had a weight belt on and he sank to the bottom of the ocean and he was found down there like half an hour or 45 minutes late, later by a surfer who saw his boy like in the water and they found him at the bottom of the ocean. He like literally wrote about that happening when he was 14, oh, fucking 16. I don't know how old he was when he wrote Sea Whiskers. And they had like this this girl in Mansfield sing those lyrics and it's the most eerie, like mm-hmm. the beginning of the song Sea Whiskers, if you look it up by Chumpy and the Sunset of Rooney's, is so eerie. It's like this this little girl saying, find me at the bottom, bottom of the ocean. Have you ever met Chumpy? You would know when I say that like he just had this extra sense of being. Like I just mm-hmm. felt like not in a sense that he felt when you were with him, he thought that he was better than you. But when you were with him, his energy, you felt like he was always just so above, like, everything that he did, everything that he said. It was just, like, he, his thought process and his mind and him as a person was just, like, such another dimension to just the average Joe Blow. Like, he was just this, such this, oh, I don't even know what the word is. And it's, like... I'm, honestly, I'm not he just had, saying like, this, this aura because, about yeah, him, he like, was he's passed away, and I don't think I can say this about one other person that I know. This this how special he mm. was as a human being. Like I've never met anyone like him in my life. How he just like would always go over and above for anyone. He would talk to anyone. He would talk mm. to the brick wall all night <laughs> if you made him stand there and talk to the brick wall. Like he always give that gave time. time. Like. He gave so much time and energy to my mm. my younger sister. Oh. Like he'd teach her how to play the the guitar and the, the drums. drums and like anyone, you know. And at parties, he would always be the life of the party. He would he would he was just such a extraordinary person mm. that it just breaks my heart that he's not here. And he like especially for you and and the the fact that he didn't get to meet Minnie Moo. It's just like I I think that he definitely. Like he got ri- really ripped off it in a sense. He was like the definition of larger than life. Exactly. Like, that's what I was trying to find. And I feel like I like I, I was with him and I loved him and that's the reason I was with him because I was fucking obsessed with him and it was my, my whole mm-hmm. world and my everything. But I feel like it's funny how you appreciate and you realise all this shit when they're gone. Like I now everyone's everyone is always telling me how incredible he was and how much he touched them and like that time he said this to them and it changed their whole outlook on the world and da 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 like there's a million stories like mm-hmm. that around the world like just that I've heard from strangers overseas oh I sat on a bus next to him one time and he said this and then I've never forgotten it and blah 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 like shit like that I'm like fuck I just like feel like I took him for granted because now I'm like you hear all these amazing stories about someone after they've passed mm-hmm. like it's just it's like it's like, I don't know, I just always feel like I never appreciated him enough when he was here. When when something's gone, you really yeah. are just like, how can I? Well, it's like when you, 
yeah, I don't know, when someone's gone, you're always thinking about the best possible things, yeah. you know. Like it's like when you break up with someone, you're always sad because you're like thinking about all the good times. And I'm always like to the girls, I think about the fucking bad times. We hate that person. <laughs> this is obviously completely different. Yeah. But all all anyone's ever coming to me is like the he touched so many lives and yeah, yeah, it's crazy how many people came out of the woodworks and told me these crazy fucking stories. I'm like, wow, he wasn't like I swear to God, if I died, no one would give a fuck. There'd Shut be no one up. coming to you with crazy stories about how I touched their he life. He actually does have crazy stories, I have crazy. to say that. But you, we would have – I've got a few up my sleeve for you. <laughs> the other song I thought about is fucking – I don't know if the name of the song's Banksy. I can't even think right now, but it's a full-on eerie song as well. And the entire lyrics of the whole song, it says goodbye, 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 goodbye. And it's him and his sister saying goodbye 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 and then it says after that goodbye so far will never be too far so it's like goodbye I'm leaving so far will never be too far like I'm always here but I'm just gone like that's the fucking song and I, how are you like a teenager writing like did you know you were gonna go did he ever uh, say anything like that I mean no and my biggest Regret. I mean, no, not my biggest regret, but like, you know, some people talk about like, what do you think happens when you die? Like, that's kind of a normal thing. Like you just ponder mm. on sometimes like, but when I don't remember having many discussions like that because we, you know, now my dad's passed away, but we didn't have people really close to us mm. that had passed away where you're like, oh, I wonder where they are. Like yeah. we didn't have anyone in the sky that we were talking to often and like pondering that. So I just don't know what Chump thought of the afterlife and where he believe that people went and shit and I wish I knew that. I wish that. I knew because he would have he'd have I, something to say ha- about it for he's sure. He's got a crazy imagination. He's very wise and like super just in touch and in tune and like, oh, his energy is wild that I, I mean, look, I kind of know what he would say and based on his lyrics and his songs and fucking just his whole makeup and his connection with his sister and just like I just know that what I believe is his kind of all around us. He's there when we need him. I feel like I can always talk to him if I want to. Sometimes he's more distant than not. I feel like somehow this, oh, I don't, I don't know. I feel like subconsciously he knew that he was going to die young. I feel like legends die young and I feel like he's like at that status. Like, like, I don't know. I, I feel like the good ones always die young and I hear that a lot and I'm like, he was one of those fucking people that was like so fucking wise beyond his years. Like a lot of people, like he was a very old soul. Mm. Like he'd been here a million times kind of mm-hmm. vibe. Like some people like he, it's like he's like 90 but in a 30-year-old's body or something like yeah. he, I yeah, don't know. I, I just, still like can't put to words what he was like and it's it just like I feel, I feel he, so privileged and so lucky to have like even just known him for that short period of time because like some of the shit that would come out of his mouth, I swear to God, he'd he sit there and I'd be like, yeah, in one ear, out the other because he'd just, nah. just like give it to you, like not even in a bad way but I just remember that <laughs> night before and he was talking to me about something. The very night before, the last Real supper. extreme and I'm like, this is too much for 7 o'clock. No, he was saying some weird shit to Chloe. They were talking about wanting this specific car and wanting to buy a new car and he was going, fucking money is just not doing anything sitting in the bank, is it? You don't know when you're going to die, just buy the car. He's just like, you don't die with money, buy the car, you don't die with money, do this. And we were talking about, strangely talking about death the night before that he passed, but like you just would never in a million years 
would ever have imagined that that was going to be like the last conversation you had with him. I can't believe he chose me. I'm so like fucking simple. I can. I'm basic. I don't <laughs> think too hard. I don't want to think too hard. Like I just want to live a very chill, carefree life. I don't want any bullshit. Like just don't annoy me. Like just be there and smile and let's just get on with things. Yeah, but that's and- where you guys just slotted so perfectly together because like you both were so carefree and like nothing really did matter. Like, you know, you guys just fell in love. You met each other mm. and like that was where your love story began. And I don't think that, you know, if you were high maintenance or you were you had True. all these baggage and shit like that, I don't think it would have worked. You just worked because you, you're both very similar in it, like sort of, yeah, similar. It was you know, definitely an opposites attract situation, but also similar in that we did just want like the no frills kind of cruisy, yeah, life. But fuck, he was so talented. Yeah, was good I want to speak about like not so. <laughs> shut up! Stop downplaying yourself. You're like, talented. Very like you're good. Very good at everything. Yeah, but you're good. You're good at stuff. <laughs> you're good at being a mum. You're the best mum ever. The what? I can't think of shit off the top of my head. I don't want to start listing what you're good at. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll write a list. Don't do that, I'll come mate. to you with the list tonight. But like give me some time to think. Thank goodness I have like obviously I want to carry his legacy on in whatever way possible, like starting the podcast and talking about grief and talking about mourning him and talking about his life and just like writing the book and everything. Like I want to carry on his spirit and like tell people about him and I don't want him to just fizzle out and become like a fucking a dot in the air. I want people to still know about him and, you know, him to still be here in a sense. But having his baby, like having his baby, having Minnie is just the best thing in the world and I feel like I've got a little piece of him forever. Fucking kills me that he's not here to bring her up with me. But I just, I know I was never woo-woo like ever, but I just know he's helping me bring her up because she's such a fucking little go-getter. She's an absolute legend. She's just turned, she's one and a bit. And she's so funny. She's just, I know that she's like, I know that I'm very extremely lucky to have her and she's just fucking perfect and she's exactly like him. She looks exactly like him. And I'm like, I just don't think that's a fluke. I think he made, he made that. He guided this. He, like, yeah. I just, I don't think that was by chance that she is who she is. Just she's. She's, I don't know. She's, she's a definitely lot. got, she's definitely him. It's so funny, especially with yeah. looks. There's this one specific photo of like him when he was a baby and he's got this like static hair that looks like he's been electrocuted. And like at this point in time, like she looks exactly like what he looks like, especially when you brush her hair up and it dries naturally, like flicked up in the air. Um, but I want to go back to where, to his life as a snowboarder and like some of his accomplishments and like, him, his travels and stuff like that. So what what were you ratted off before? Like what were some of his biggest accomplishments in his career? So he was flag bearer of the Olympic, the Sochi 2014 Olympics. He also, yeah, won like two world titles, two back-to-back world championships. He was like, but I guess in a way he kind of put sport across on the map. Like I, I guess snowboarding in Australia is like, not a fucking massive sport. It's huge in the States. Like everyone's like, oh, Sean White. Like, you know, like, yeah, in Australia, it's not really a thing. So border cross as a sport in Australia is kind of well known because Chump was, I guess, the guy in Australia for mm-hmm. border cross. And um, he really created like pathways and for 
kids and more people to get involved in border cross. He ran like camps. very inclusive. Yeah. So he like ran, He his biggest sponsor was Red Bull and he worked really closely with them to get like new, fresh kids and keen people on board to do like these camps. Like it, he'd have like this boarding house with Chumpy. It was called yeah, Chumpy's Boarding House and they all wore like fucking t-shirts and stuff. And they'd go snowboarding with Chum and he would show them how to ride down a border cross track and he would teach them all these tricks and, and, you know, he'd see potential in heaps of kids and he'd kind of show them how, how they can, like what kind of pathway they, they need to take because border cross wasn't a massive sport like I'd, like, you you know, like half pipe snowboarding mm. is. And so like he was really nutting out the pathway for more kids to come through. And when it came to building like the World Cup tracks and courses overseas, Chump would work with the technicians and the course builders and people like fucking man making the snow or building the crazy wow. jumps and the, the, what do you call them? Like the berms and the, like every oh, corner God. of the fucking, you know, and like the degrees in the way that mm. it, and he, and they'd like call him for advice. Like, how do we, how big should this jump? Da, 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 like, and he would be working closely with these guys to get like the most gnarly, the sickest courses. Like mm. he really put his like life and soul into the sport and just he he was like one of those people that just did not do anything half fast. Like yeah, he's he, so smart, such a business business boy. business boy as well. And I think the whole border cross community as a whole, like he was like your go to guy. You met everyone's mentor, everyone's counselor. Like, even if you're at the top of the sport, like Chump, like he was. He's literally just like an all-rounder guy that's just got everyone's back kind yeah. of thing. Chump would travel. He'd go to the Northern Hemisphere and do like Euro- all over Europe basically for most of our su- summer. So he would be away from most of the time from like November to March but come back periodically. Like each month he'd kind of pop back for a week. He was always home for Christmas. We always went down to Eden to where his family lived and had Christmas with them. Um, and how many, like, would you go on trips with him throughout the years or like, well, how would you mm, decide on what you can dip in and dip out of? Yeah. So I went to a few really cool trips. Oh, I went to the like Olympics in Russia. My favorite trip was when we went to Austria, we went to a place called Hintertooks and it's a fucking amazing glacier. Like you go ridiculously high up this mountain and the views are insane and like, I was just, it's like literally a winter wonderland. I couldn't believe that this is like his work. And we stayed in this really cool little like hotel on the mountain and people literally book in at that hotel every year based on when Chump is going to be touring Mm. at that spot because he always brings his, well, he has a guitar that actually, that he left at this specific hotel and because he's really close with the owners there after staying there since he was like literally 12, he's been on tour since he was a baby fucking traveling the world doing this. And so every year he comes and he plays a gig at this particular hotel that he stays at. So families who come and stay there each year book based on when Chump's going to be there so that they can come to this gig. Mm-hmm. So for me to come and like see this gig firsthand was so sick. And I, fuck, I've, I've always kicked myself because I lost that phone and I didn't back anything up back in the day, but I lost like so many videos and pictures from that trip that like, are like, I don't know, it was just the best time. And I remember we woke up there on Valentine's Day and like, just like this picturesque, like winter wonderland fucking place. This is absolutely beautiful. I was like, where are my roses? I remember rinsing him because I didn't have roses and <laughs> on Instagram, everyone's got their roses, but we just weren't like mushy like that. Like we were very like. I mean, also where the fuck are you going to get roses in the middle of this bloody snow village? But, <laughs> but like, I just, 
had a flashback to waking up there on Valentine's and like it was just the most beautiful place ever. And doesn't have roses, but he can sing you a song in bed. Yeah, I think he did some sort of <laughs> serenading scenario. He loves that. I love that. He loves any. That was one excuse. of his favorite favorite things to do, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. So we'd be, we'd just go, you'd just go to the house and like you'd be having conversations or you'd be doing your own thing and then all of a sudden he'd just whip out the guitar, would take no notice of anyone else <laughs> around whatever you were doing. He'd just sit there and just play the guitar and sing. But like yeah. wouldn't try and compete with the conversations. Like you'd just be like, is he, is he really fucking sitting in the background just there just like having a fucking <laughs> little sing-off? Like it just – Or you just He just had no he, shame. He just loved it. He, he just the best lived voice and ever. breathed it. Or you'd just randomly hear like background music and you'd be like, fuck, when did this song start playing? And you'd like walk down the hallway into the studio and he'd just be like belting it out and you're like, oh, okay, sick. Are we that boring that you fucking come over here to like play in your own little yeah. zone? Just but like, like, like sick, you don't need out. to have music on. You're just playing it from the other end of the house. I know. Fuck, he was talented. His favourite thing was waking up in the morning and I'd still be lying in bed and he would just go down and start playing his music and I'd just wake up to the sound like beaming up the stairwell of him playing and then I'd come, I'd like waddle down the stairs when I'd finally wake up all tired. Me and Rummy would come down, he'd make us coffee and fuck, those were the best mornings. And we went through this stage where we'd go down to Barefoot, our local cafe with the dog and just cruise there for like, like sometimes when he'd have like a good chunk of time off and he wasn't working and we'd just be cruising. Fuck, those were the days. Yeah. We'd just be chilling. It's so weird. It feels like, it feels like yesterday, but it also feels like an actual lifetime ago. How do you feel like talking about this right now? Well, so right now we are, we are actually like, like we're, we're about to come into Christmas and New Year's. So like we're releasing this a bit later. Um, so this is 2022 Christmas and New Year's and like Chloe, like we're all missing someone around this time. Like I, I've got Minnie, I'm so busy with her, but I do keep thinking, fuck, like what would I've just put up this piece of shit Christmas tree? It looks like a dog's breakfast, but he'd be laughing at it. Like what would he be doing? What would I have got him for Christmas? Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like, there's a lot of like, I feel like everyone's missing people right now and like. I don't know. A, a lot of people are talking about him at the moment. I think it's because it's the holiday time and I'm I'm a bit triggered and I feel like it's all a bit mm. I don't know. I'm really really missing him right now, I think. No. But yeah, I mean, Minnie just literally keeps me going. Like I just I don't know what the fuck I would do without. I don't know where I'd be. I don't like Yeah, I just I live for my baby and my dog. They are my entire fucking life. And like Yeah, I think I don't know sometimes what I think honestly I'm like but speaking about like right this second how we're like talking about his stories and like think talking about these memories and like is it bringing back like sad sad emotions or do you feel like it's like it's like a you know it's for once we're not talking about the day he passed away yeah you know I like think it's I feel like we just got in like this like really weird little moment where we we're just so excited talking and sharing stories about him yeah. like did you feel that like kind of forgot that he wasn't feel, here for a second we just got so I do feel sad though like, like I feel a, like emotional that he's not here but it was really nice to like yeah it's talk nice about to actually his, like remember him and, and like talk about remember him being here rather than what's happened now that yeah. he's gone yeah and I feel oh, I don't know, honestly sometimes feels like a lifetime ago like I used to feel like I could just grab those moments and mm. like you know when I was watching like I, I watch videos of him on my phone and I feel like I can just pull him out and he's mm. like right there mm. and he's so accessible because it like it sometimes feels so close and right now it feels like fucking a lifetime away and he's so far away and that was like 
fucking 10 years ago because the last few years has been crazy. And like I think so many people, yeah, always focus on, oh, look what you've done and look what you're doing and you're helping so many people. And I'm like, and it's like you, like you're helping people because of this misfortune because you're trying to have a baby like still and like, fuck, I hate that we're the ones Mm. that are having to help people and like I'm I'm glad Mm. we're helping people but I'm also just like how the fuck is this true and like do they have to die for us all to learn this shit and like yeah I don't know it's I feel like it's it's weird when you have to actually think like how do I feel right now I feel such a mix of like Minnie's the fucking best I'm so happy with that but then I'm so just like how weird is it that I'm like, I never, I never thought I would be a single or a solo mum. I always looked at my mum being alone and I was always like, the last thing I fucking want is to be divorced and bringing up kids alone. I really never, ever, ever want that for me. And I think that's why I've got you guys. I think that was why that was all meant to happen, that you guys are right by my side. I never feel like I'm alone bringing up Minnie. I'm so Mm. lucky to have you guys. But it's so funny. I always had this in my head, like, I'll never get divorced. Whatever I do, I never want to do this, like, broken family bullshit where like you know this kids with fucking like I just yeah I, I hated growing up having that and I never wanted that it's weird that now I'm in that predicament and not a predict like you know it's, it's the best thing having mini but I feel like the next thing everyone's asked me oh so like you know do you think you'll move on like doing another father figure in Minnie's life I'm like fuck I never wanted a weird broken family but obviously that'll happen one day and that's beautiful that she'll have that and but she has that in you guys and that's amazing. You know what? When I was in Greece with mum and we were in Paros and I went, I woke up early one day. Oh no, I don't know what happened anyway. I was at the breakfast, the little buffet breakfast at the fucking little Airbnb we're at and I was having breakfast and this family were next to me, this mum, this dad and three kids and the kids were like 18, 19, 21 and I was so like, shook that this family with these old kids were on this big fat family holiday and I was kind of like you know we got chatting and I was a bit like so hold on like you're the mom you're the dad and how old are you kids and are you guys all with the one like fucking are you all all (laughs) full-on real brothers and sisters and you're all traveling fucking in Greece together and I remember being a bit like whoa that's nuts and then I got super emotional my mum came to breakfast and started crying and I was like mom look how beautiful that family is they're fucking just traveling together those three kids are like all that mum's kids and all that dad kids and they're still together and that's so cute those three kids like and I remember just like losing it because I was like I that like won't ever be me or or chump and like Minnie like will have some weird fucking no it's not weird (laughs) but like she'll have a random like what if she has a random fucking half brother and sister (laughs) you can't laugh you'll cry you'll cry Fucking weird stepbrother over here. <laughs> leave him in the leave him in the room. He doesn't get to come to breakfast. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like it really um, hit. It's gonna me get like, weirder because like you'll you'll find a partner. You'll have this weird family. Paul and I'll be there. We'll all have this like big four. Like what happens when we're the like, weirdos sitting next to yeah, some chick? They're probably and, thinking, and, "Fuck, what's and the we'll going on?" We'll be like, them? "So I'm the mum. My her her dad died. <laughs> this is my best friend. This is her freaky DJ husband who like." He's their fucking... child who I also yeah. am a mother to. Like, it's all, it's a and weird. And they'll just be like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, and 
And isn't that just the best? We've got this big, fat, weird, wacky, yeah, fun, we're lucky crazy to have that family, which is the best thing, and it's so amazing. But like, it's something I always said. I just want this normal situation where I have my partner, we have our kids, we're just this unit, and we're sick, and like no one fucks with us. We do our thing. We're creating the new norm here. Yeah, we're creating a new fucking normal. We're normalizing people just. Fucking being found at the bottom of the ocean. We're still going to talk about those who have passed. We're going to celebrate their life every day. We're going to love them and cherish their life forever. We're going to grab their sperm and have babies. (laughs) No. We're going to embrace the new life that's come from that and fucking carry Chump's torch forever. That's what I'm going to do. That's my, my life goal has just become so profound in the past few years. Like, And if I'm honest, I was a bit like I always worked different jobs and I never really had a set career path that I wanted to take. Like I I was always just like I never knew really what I wanted to do. I just worked. And I feel like I'd have like a very like I know what I want to do now. I I just want to spread like this shit. We found our place. Yeah, and it's it's crap that. That's why, but it sucks that this is the like, have a that purpose. your story is has you know that's what we're here for. But at the same time, like you know, it's given us this weird family as well with mm. our listeners and our Facebook community, and yeah, it. And Mini the Menace also gives me like a fucking purpose. And I think when you're grieving and you're going through shit, you need a purpose. And like you know that too. That's why you go gung ho with work and shit. I, yeah, like, you need a purpose. You need to stay busy. You need to keep going. Mm. Fuck. And here we are. <laughs> and we, me, and a team of absolute fucking legends. Like hats off to all of my. I'm not even going to name them all because I'm going to forget mm-hmm. them all. Like I'm not. Go, I'm going to forget one person. It's going to be awkward. But I have really cool people with me that have started the Chumpy Pullin Foundation, and. Basically, we do what Chump was already doing. We create pathways for kids that want to enter into sport in general, border cross mainly, but we're doing all all forms and disciplines of snow sports. We're going to be doing music. We're doing like surfing. We're doing anyone, any kid. There's like camps as well. Camps. And like, I think there, I, I was actually reading it today. Any kids that are like a little bit more, not like not disadvantaged, but maybe don't have access to snow. Like it says... Um, last year we raised over $100,000 at the annual gala dinner for mental health, youth development and pathways. We gave out scholarships to young athletes to assist in pathway and progression in snow sports. We created our inaugural Indigenous snow sports camp, giving opportunities to Indigenous youth. We created the Chumbi Pullen snowboard collab with Apex to help raise over $10,000 for mental health. We hosted our second Shred for Chumpy Day with participants from all over the world raising awareness for Chumpy Foundation's mission and purpose of making never possible for every Australian. We created the Chumpy Pullen Foundation podcast, Making Never Possible, on Spotify, hearing stories from inspiring athletes and coach. We created partnerships with important companies to help us grow and have an even bigger impact in 2023 with new events planned and new missions ready to launch. We absolutely went out with bang that year and it, it, none of it literally was me. It was all like this team of 12 uh, all legends. Me. I'm not going to say we because I had nothing to do <laughs> with it. just talking about it. Just read the, the email just then. <laughs> <laughs> literally like there's about 12 people behind it and everyone's always like, oh, the foundation. I'm like, fuck, honestly, 
don't even talk to me about it because I have not lifted a finger. They have all just done so much. Everything you read there, none of it was me. All I did was help a wee bit with the gala last year but barely fucking did anything, just rocked up and... Actually, speaking of the gala, Chumpy wrote his own speech for the gala. She found on his laptop a speech that he had written <laughs> for the gala. Yeah, he, <laughs> he pre preempted this one as well. But do you have that Lol. brace yourselves, get your tissues? So, like, leading into the gala, do you remember how much of a stressed mess I was and Chloe and I were staying down in, in like, a hotel in Sydney. We were getting our hair and makeup done. And um, I was like, fuck, I've got to make a speech tonight. Like I don't even, the weight of this event and just everything, it was just like too much for me to fucking fathom and handle. And I I just bring Chump's laptop down to Sydney and Chloe was getting her hair and makeup done and I was just on this laptop. I was like, I'm going to find something in here that's going to build my it's speech. It's like me and the hard drives. Literally. <laughs> like I'm, I know he Invasion used to write everything down. I know. I, I'm surprised I didn't bring his journals, but I was like, he used to write everything down. He, he used to work on his keynote talks that he was like doing on the side of snowboarding. He was going and doing conferences and doing these keynote talks. I'm like, fuck, some shit's written down somewhere. I'm going to grab like a bit of a spiel that Chump's written and that's going to be like part of my speech. I was like, thank you for writing my speech for me, Chump. So I found this and I read this out at the gala and um, there was lots of, I, I stood up there and I held mini while I was doing this speech at the gala. There was like 500 people there. And so many people messaged me, go, oh, I really like, do you have a video of the speech? And I'm like, no. Anyway, I thought it's a bit late. It was like nearly a year ago, the gala. We've got the second gala coming up on the 6th of May this year. You guys should, in 2023, you guys should get tickets and come. But I thought, finally, I'll read out that little bit that Chumpy gave me for my speech last year. So this is Chumpy talking now. It takes quite a few days to knit a beanie or a cardigan. My grandma used to knit them for me and my sister before every winter as we were growing up. I was always so fascinated by my grandma's skill to make clothes that fitted us perfectly from just two needles and a ball of wool. She taught me that nothing happens by chance or luck. You have to have grit and patience. You have to put in the time. I learned to treat every day as an opportunity to improve some aspect of myself, whether it be learning a new song, mastering my coffee making skills, making a new wooden shelf for the house, or figuring out how to go faster downhill on a plank of wood, which we call a snowboard. When I'm learning and experiencing new things, I grow and my life gets bigger and better. When I was 15, I was given an incredible gift from my folk, a beautiful Mayton guitar, which I have today. At that age, I was already in love with snowboarding and competing. I often wonder to myself, if I could travel back in time and speak to that younger version of me way back at age 15, what would I tell him? I would say, it's going to be great, mate. You are going to travel the world, make some amazing friends and see many beautiful places. <laughs> You will play gigs at chalets overseas on that very guitar. You will be known for your snowboarding performances. In fact, you will be the first Aussie world champion in your sport and be the first male in history to win back-to-back -back world titles in your sport. You will make a full-time career out of it. You will ride for Red Bull. You will have opportunities to do cool projects with your sponsors. They'll sell goggles with your name printed on them. You will carry the flag for Australia at the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympics. You will be fine, mate. What I would also mention is that it is going to be a long process with no guarantees, so rip in and enjoy each, each day best as you can. It's going to be hard work. At age 15, in the small high country town of Mansfield, Victoria, I couldn't have been further away from a professional snowboard career. 
I hated school. All I wanted to do was snowboard. The teachers didn't get it. My dad was by my side. He always said to me, if it doesn't make you go faster, you don't need it. Well, let me tell you, not much at school was making me go faster. (laughs) Other than when the bell would ring and I'd grab my skateboard and fang home to play some music. But training in the gym there helped me go faster. Well, working in my parents' ski shop did as it helped me get get to the snowboard events. Busking in the main drag of Mansfield pulled a few dollars too. A hundred bucks an hour if you knew what you were doing. And by that I mean I could play key sound by cold chisel near the local pub every Friday Arvo. I cleaned up every time. So cute because him and his sister used to just busk in the street all the time to like raise money so he could travel, which is so fucking wholesome. So cute. Like who does that now? <laughs> like snowboarders usually just have rich parents who are like, here you fucking go. Go to, mm. go to all these comps and shit. Anyway, that's it. Wow. That, honestly, that speech, I feel oh. like I could just, like, listen to it over and over again and, like, it, like honestly, the goosebumps that overcome me when I listen to that, it's just, like, who the fuck writes that shit about themselves? Like, no. I feel... I feel like a dumbass. <laughs> I don't write shit <laughs> down. Fuck. My journaling does not sound like that. I'll tell you that much. That's when like, like a- today I went to the beach. <laughs> His journaling is so cute. One I time I read, one time I read the cutest bit, and it was like he was going overseas, and he was on the plane, and he was like, oh, "This summer with Elle was just the best. I can't believe I have to sit on this plane and go over to Europe. Like I don't want to spend the next few months away. I just want to be back in in that bed with Elle, like shit, like that, like really oh. cute stuff." I'm like, "Fuck, I never. I need a journal." Fuck, love you, Champo. Love You're you, Champo. You're such Chump. a special human. Thanks for human. writing my speech. Thanks for writing Elodie's speech. Thanks for bringing such joy into so many people's lives. Like, we hope that this little episode was... Hope that you're listening and you're proud of us. You know what I'm going to do? you were meant to be the one doing the podcast and not us. So Literally. This is for you, Champo. Dedicated I'm... to Chumpy. And here I am on this now fucking you're microphone. No, I'm not. But what I'm going to do every year is... Find a snippet from Chump's logs, his diaries, his computer, wherever the fuck. And at the gala every year, I'm going to read out a snippet from him so that I don't have to make up my own shithouse speech. So thanks for that, Chump. <laughs> There's going to the be like a hundred. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm, by the, like the 50th year of the gala, I'm going to be scrambling for words lying around the his house. filing like. cabinet. <laughs> Um, and for those who want to know more about sperm retrieval as well, we're actually in a few episodes time going to be interviewing Elodie's doctor and the receptionist and his wife, who is the nurse and really dive very deep into basically from start to finish of the sperm retrieval process. Um, so yeah, keep an ear out for that one and yeah, we'll be live in a few weeks. Love you all. Thank you for... Being there for me and listening and helping me. No. This is therapy for me. I love you, Chloe. So I don't know what I'll do without you. Hug, cuddle me.